because you're on the other <laughs> Everything side. Everything has to go through like a whole other filter for me before I get to your page. <laughs> you know what's really strange, Selena? You're on the other side of a planet hurtling through space. I know. The same Earth, planet that we're on. I should on. think. And it's just hurtling through space. And we're talking to you over the internet about a story someone made up that other people listen to. I know. <laughs> That's like ultimate postmodernism, isn't it? Welcome I love to Game it. of Bones, everybody. We're from the future. I'm Zach. I'm Selena. But I'm from the past. I'm Eric. Wait, no, I was from the past last episode. There you go. That's Selena, the twist. you're always from the future. Wait, you are. Because you're to the us. time. Yeah. yeah. Tomorrow is nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Tomorrow is nice. Insert day here. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Just in case anything happens between now and then, mm-hmm. you guys will be prepared. Mike is not here today. He's uh, still in Texas. You know, if anyone's curious about what he's doing in Texas, the answer is uh, he's playing professional basketball. He actually is is a very tall man. He puts up pictures that are not of himself, and he plays for a professional sports team, or along with last episode's spoiler, where Selena did turn into where, where she actually is from, which is southern Mississippi, if I'm correct. Yep. That is the secret's out. I've been, you know, I've been trying to fool you guys going, is she Swedish? Is she Danish? It's because I didn't want you guys to know the truth. But now, you know, <laughs> the thing is, like, we wouldn't know. Like, Selena, Selena could be a 60 year old man from southern Mississippi. That's just Dallas really born good and raised. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, how about that barbecue in Austin? That's some good shit, right? Where do you mm-hmm. pick up those phrases? That restaurants really where they just give you all the bread. It's so good. Anyway. So, yeah, Tyrion's here. Well, he was here. Oh, wait, we're going to do that thing. My bad. <laughs> but Tyrion will be here later. <laughs> All right. Well, I've got a question for you, Selena. Could okay. HBO's new George R.R. R. Martin project be a Game of Thrones prequel? Um, I'm just going to quote this person on Hypeable. Oh, that was you. Well, tell us your thoughts then. <laughs> <laughs> Defend your having posted this, Defend Selena. your post, Selena. Defend it. All right. Well, it's a wonderful, wonderful question. Wait, 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 that Selena, I shall before you answer, answer your question, would you like to add plus five to your armor rating for only 40 gold? No. Okay. So in the blah. So, okay. So last week we had some news that actually had the fandom kind of, kind of worried because George R. R. Martin has decided to do a new series with with HBO. And we're like, well, isn't he supposed to be like writing books or something? But he responded to a comment on, on his website saying that it could potentially be the story called The Tales of Duncan Egg, which is actually a series of books about Aegon Targaryen, who is the great-grandfather of Daenerys and the brother of Aemon, who has later become Maester Aemon of the Night's Watch. And so if this actually went ahead, this would be like a bit of a Game of Thrones prequel series on hbo which would be amazing it would be like the hobbit for game of thrones yes but it's fabulous it's so fabulous i mean there's no saying that this is what he's gonna do but i think a lot of fans are sort of clinging on to this because at least we'd have more at least we'd have more westeros you know but westeros i feel like westeros to me is so is so unraveled or not unraveled entangled in conflict that you know unlike star wars where we go and see the Republic, the Galactic Republic, back before there was terror in the Sith, and it was all very interesting. I don't think Westeros would be as interesting to read about when it's not in turmoil. I and- think it would be. I agree. Okay. Really? Because you've got so much setting – like the whole point of I think Game of Thrones is that you start by setting up the world and then you go back to the entire saga of A Song of Ice and Fire really is what happens after – 
the fall, you know, it's all these people scrambling around for like specks of power, but that can only happen because George R. R. Martin has already established a world in which power is so, you know, it's, it's so, it's so, it makes so much sense, the system that they have and the, all the Targaryens and all of that, which is really, it's only seen in flashbacks in the books and it's only like vaguely referenced in the show. So I think seeing the Targaryen rule and seeing that era where the Starks were still big and the Lannisters were still big and all of that. I don't know. I would love that. Yeah. Is this pre, is this pre mad King or is yeah, this-, this is the, well, as far as I can, I can work out. Aegon is the grandfather of the mad King because the mad King is Danny's father. I think that we would probably see it ended much like the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings were together, how it began with a look yeah. back. Mm-hmm. And so we'd probably see if this series were to happen this way, we'd probably see it ending just as the Mad King was getting slain. Mm-hmm. Like the oh, big and you know finale. another another good thing about this being different is that obviously we don't just want another Game of Thrones. You know, like we don't want. I mean, I know what you're saying that you don't think the world would be as interesting, but I think the world itself is hugely interesting. And I think if they actually did this and set it in a time of relative peace, you would have a hold of the show, but it would appeal to exactly the same audience. Yeah. I don't know. I think it would be fantastic. Yeah, I, I'm trying to weigh how likely it is just for HBO because, like, for me, say hypothetically Game of Thrones, what sells it on HBO is the violence and sex. Say that hypothetically. Like, what's this new show going to have that's going to set it apart, you know? And and what's this new show have that's going to make it marketable in its own right? Or is it just somehow George R. R. Martin gets to do two shows about Westeros on, on HBO? I think it's the same argument that people have, like the Marauders argument, like seeing the beginning of Potter, like Voldy thing yeah. rise to power, or the same thing like with the Star Wars argument. Do we need more? Why do we need more? It's so good. Like I understand Loyalists being Game of Thrones as a series. It's a great series. We need nothing more. But as, a, as an enthusiast for the folklore that he's created, I think that getting news that there's possibly mm-hmm. going to be anything else is nothing but amazing news for us. Like, I don't believe in any way it can mm-hmm. be construed poorly. And if they went back into the Dunkin' Egg stuff, I don't know much about it because we're limiting ourselves in the reading just to stay in our two and two split up that we have in the show because we like it so much. But I've seen posts and posts in the forums ranging from hypable to the, the ones that are you know still unused and we don't really mess with on the Game of Thrones website that you guys – that are interested in the show, a lot of you actually have read or do read or are interested in the Dunkin' Egg stuff. So that would be really cool. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it does have a plot. I mean, it's well, not yeah. just uh, yeah. Eamon oh, running good. around being <laughs> being peaceful. <laughs> it is that's George fair, R. Martin, yeah, you know. To point out. I have full confidence. Like, I seriously doubt anything is going to be created that's not good enough for the author to agree to it or for HBO to agree to sink money into it. You know, like, right. they've tested a formula. They know that it's good. They know that people love Game of Thrones. It's It's arguably the most respected show on television, ranging from celebrities being very open about their support of it when usually people are very quiet about other people's creative projects. They're not really working on with them, but this is one of those things that people are just sort of it's it's, I wouldn't even say it's an end crowd because basically anyone that has the awareness to know that a show like this exists, they all watch it. So adding another one to the mix, I think could be nothing but beneficial for the network and for promoting fantasy as a stronger mainstream genre as it has been over the past few years. Yeah, very much so. And I mean, so, you just got to wonder what it's like to be George R. R. Martin right now. You know, you just signed another two-year deal with HBO to have your stuff so widely, you know, dispersed. It's It's got to be great. 
I mean, you know, some guys drive cars, uh, black cars with flames on the side of them. This guy wears suspenders with flames. <laughs> what? I mean, did you write that down? That's Eric? just that is a little. No, you can look at the image. Oh, it's an image in, in Skype. You got to see this. Look at those suspenders with flames. I'm on my phone. <laughs> George oh, R. Martin is fantastic. I love everything me, about the man. Well, it's on the site. It's on the Game of Owns site. And tell me that this guy isn't having the absolute time of his life. Like, <laughs> seriously, you can't because he is. The suspenders with the flames on it. Come on. Yeah, that's pretty tight. <laughs> he's on fire. What does he that is, say about is him? Is he a Targaryen? Hmm? Oh, because he can yes. withstand the heat? He can, oh, he can, listen, he can stay in the kitchen. That's what HBO said. So they gave another story. <laughs> Please give us another series. Stay in the kitchen. Netflix came out with House of Cards, so we're needing something else. I was just I was telling Selena about that, but Selena can't see it. Dude, it's awesome. No, I need to check it out. Being it's, racist. it's David Fincher. I had no idea. We were driving back from the casino the other night and the guys were telling me about it and I was like, Oh shit, I need to watch this. So watch it, people. Yeah. Also big news today if you guys are iPhone users that also have Apple TVs or iPads or blah blah blah. But HBO Go has officially lifted the gate. And by HBO Go, I mean Apple and HBO Go have come to an agreement to where now you can airplay HBO Go from your iOS device to your television. So no. for all intents and purposes, if you have an Apple TV, you can now watch HBO Go. So pretty much every other streaming service box is obsolete because well, the big three, Hulu Plus, Netflix, HBO Go, are all available. Isn't that right, Selena? You going to enjoy that over there? I'm so excited for this to come <laughs> to my car. Oh, yeah, right. right. Down in Texas, I'll be able to enjoy it, my alternate self. <laughs> we've, wor- we've worked out a way, everybody listening, for Selena to watch the shows with us. It's going to be very haggard, but she'll be watching over her computer. So <laughs> yes, that'll be cool. we'll figure it out. The only Apple device I have is my iPhone. One is all you need. And I think we should um, take a page out of... Um, of Eric's transition book and uh, talk about something that is on HBO, which is Game of Thrones. Yeah, Eric has access to this book. What's it say today, Eric? Uh, I don't know. How am I gonna? How am I gonna transition to Tyrion? Don't fail us. Well, Shit. like 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 Denmark, Westeros doesn't have HBO Go either. So, what does Tyrion <laughs> spend his time doing while waiting for the battle to start? Just drinking wine, guys. Just drinking it. Lots of it. Hanging with whores and drinking the wine. Just, you know, what people used to do before television existed. Thank God. I don't know. What did they used to do before television existed? I don't know. (laughs) I guess so. I guess you're right. I vaguely remember this from my childhood. They lost nipples and collected (laughs) ears off the battlefield. They, they like, focused on how to put the straw into the Capri Sun packet the best. (laughs) Is there a best way? Is there really a fail-safe way where you can do it every time without the straw coming out the other side, Zach? We were on a, uh, we were on a water run. The other night, and I found a uh, I found a Capri Sun that was extra large, and it had a screw top. I shit you not, and it was one of the I don't mo- believe it. It was one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. I liked it so much, in fact, that when we were driving through the Jack in the Box drive through, I held it up, and I said, "Look at this!" And he gave me extra stuff, so that was cool. So he gave you extra stuff yeah. at Jack in the Box yeah. because you had a Capri. You were the Capri Sun king. Well, I had the extra one, and Tyrion was there with me, and he was. He was telling me how much he liked it, and he was wondering whether or not he could refill it with wine, and because it's more of a his size carrying case, so mm-hmm. it, it, it makes sense. My transition was better than yours. I tried to transition on top of the transition. <laughs> <laughs> I, I try not to take sides, really, when this happens, but uh, there were very clear sides in this battle. Who knew to expect this battle wow. here? Okay, because in the show, Tyrion gets knocked out, wakes up, and the battle is over. It's done. Doesn't he do that false yield thing? I remember laughing about that. 
But that might just have been in the book. Where he yields? No, no, um, where, you know, on the, that awesome moment on the battlefield when he's like, yield, and then the other man is like, I yield, and then he's all confused. I, I, I don't know. From what I recall from, and again, it's been a little while since I've seen season one, but I, I recall him leaving the tent where his father was for the battle with all the wild uh, things and uh, all the people, groundlings, whatever you want to call them, and then he got literally hit in the head, and they didn't show any of the battle. Yeah, that's what happened. They didn't... Did, they didn't have to show Stark's men. It's before they um, got their budget. Yeah, they were like, we don't know if the show's good, so just it's like quit, well, Quidditch World Cup. You like, uh, it's something good happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least some of the Quidditch World Cup got shown, yeah. but not enough of it. I completely agree. Um, well, good comparison there. But yes, the Quidditch this World battle, Cup. just you, like for me, <laughs> for me, this battle was unexpected. But I, you know, I quite enjoyed it. I guess there, there's quite a bit before the battle, though. Before we get to that, so so let's talk it out. Basically, I guess the chapter opens with Tyrion sitting down for dinner. Mm-hmm. Their suckling pig and his father is 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 there as well, He's eating his father and for dinner. Yes, Tyrion receives his work instruction for the following day. And he is going to be sidelined and taking uh, – basically controlling these mountain people. Um, Are you beginning to see why we don't like Tywin Lannister, Eric? I, I think he's I think he's badass. <laughs> he's, he's trying to get rid of his son though. It's terrible. If, no, there were moments where he did his son a solid. Like when the other guy was talking to him, the guy who was serving the food or something, and Tywin said, my son did this at the other end. I was like, ah, he acknowledged his existence. There you go. That's, that's well a, done, that's Tywin. A, that's a well done, plus Tywin. mark for me. Every time <laughs> Pat he on acknowledges the for you. his son's – I mean he still like talks with his son and you know, sure, there might not be like all the love in the world there between the two of them. But to be honest, I think even Bronn pointed out to Ty- uh, Tyrion later on in the chapter that – you know there there are ways of of dealing. I, I, Tywin actually names his strategy at the end of the battle after it's all over. Um, he figure you know he says that once uh, the boy, meaning the Stark kid, Rob Stark, once they saw that the left side of the battle, and I'm I'm butchering this, but had fallen, they were going to actually like somehow encircle them, and so that was all part of the plan. Um, but I guess Tyrion was upset because in that plan, essentially, he probably would have died. Well, he's pissed off because Tywin's like, hey, you can't lead the the front vanguard. You can't do it. So Gregor Clegane's going to do it. Tyrion's pissed off. He storms out of the eating chamber, still hungry, and he, he goes off to find his people in the camp. And the only thing that helped him find his people in the camp was hearing Shaga laugh at people in the dark. And so he just <laughs> followed the laughter. And the spiders, and then he got there. He also followed the uh, the spiders, definitely not the butterflies. Shaga has three axes, guys. And and this is the thing, is the, the, the sword master who was talking with Tywin and complaining about all this, Tyrion is just looking at this guy going, yeah, but look, okay, Shaga really feels the need to have two axes. Shaga like, is so badass. Like one of Tyrion's, like I love Tyrion, but one of his greatest strengths of his chapters is that he surrounds himself with people that are as, as awesome as he is himself, like Braun and Shaga. It's just perfect. Yeah. They have a good, they have quite the, uh, the trio going here. In yeah. This, in this <laughs> The tent. bromance, three-way bromance. But we also get to meet another bro for the first time ever. A young squire, a groom, a body servant, if you, if you will. Aww, Sir with the unfortunate Payne. name of Padraig Payne. <laughs> He's got an alliteration built into his name, so it's it's good. He's slim, young, and dark-haired. 
No, he's not. That's Shay. God damn me. <laughs> <laughs> so he gets to meet Shay. She, uh, she's a whore. Is it just me? Is Shay Butter spelled the same way? Uh, no. No, that's she. She, she, she like Shay Butter, Butter, like she, uh, Shay, Shay is S H A E, and Shay, Shay, she, she Butter is E A. Well, I, I just think of her as having soft hands. You and your E A's, Eric. Yeah. Yes. Eric. There you go. EAs. Dinarius. <laughs> <laughs> well, we get to meet there her for go. the first time as well. And, you know, obviously, if you've watched the show and or have listened to this podcast ever, you know that she is uh, sort of important in the future. Maybe it's a little it, different. It is known. But it's known. It, it is, in fact, known. And, in it fact, is this is one of the moments where reading the book, I was picturing the actress. And I thought that it was done quite well, um, her casting in particular. So do you think that she was more attractive in the book or in the show? Well, you know, she's kind of – she isn't – I was thinking like she isn't described as homely. The old witch in the previous chapter was described as homely. But this one's – this girl's not described that well. You know, actually, she, she is. She has firm breasts. That's what I remember about Shay's And that is the most important thing. Yes, Eric. Yes. <laughs> right, boys? Yeah, be, <laughs> apart from that – Apart from her firm breasts, she is nondescript, and it is it allows you to fill the canvas with whatever your imagination says. But you can tell that this was written by a man. She's small. I'm kind of an eyes guy, you know. Is that weird? Yes, that's weird. It's nice to share. I'm an an eyes guy. I like. Oh, those are cute eyes. I just mean to say that Shay's appearance is very unassuming, and I feel like that was captured very well. And and like, what's most important is you know. Tyrion is able to have these conversations with her and she is able to reassure him that he, you know, that she will be faithful to him in a way. But then he asks her to weep if he dies and she's like, but how will you know? I like that <laughs> like, exchange. It shows it shows how quick she is. You know, she kind of almost matches him in wit, if you will. I like that. That's one of the reasons why he... He starts to slowly fall for her. And we got to see this scene in the show, too. And I think that, you know, this was another one of those good examples of of a great crossover. Like, they applied it pretty well to the screen. Talk about a fun scene, though. He actually, I think, leaves Shay after their first encounter. He leaves Shay and goes over to Bronn and is like, okay, so where did you find her? <laughs> and, 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 and he's like, well, you know, I uh, took her from this guy, you know, this knight. And Tyrion's like... I asked you to find me a girl, not to make me an enemy. And Bronn says, well, all the pretty girls were taken. There was this one girl with a wart on her nose that I did notice. Should I return and get her? So Tyrion's a little upset because he's worried that this other guy is going to come up to him in battle and kill him for taking Shay. Um, He's smart. He's forward-thinking, this guy. Yeah, He's totally forward-thinking. That's smart. Because he's – I guess he's still very nervous about the battle that's to come. So, well, Bronn does inform him that there's a, a a massive host of Stark men. They're just uh, gathering their forces about a mile north. Now, I'm thinking of it in the the modern sense. You know, like a mile is about a minute of driving. So it's like, oh, they're right up there. <laughs> but for this, it's like well, we gotta we gotta walk all of us there. So it's kind of cool how they're respecting like each army is respecting each other. It's like, all right, listen, we got to sleep tonight. It's dark. We couldn't even see where we're shooting arrows and we don't have enough fire, you know, to, to light the whole damn scene. So let's just wait till tomorrow. You sleep on that side. We'll sleep over here. Okay. And so they're just getting ready. Yeah. Maybe it's because Tyrion sort of oversleeps in a way, but the, 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 the battle, which, which takes place, you know, the following day when, when he wakes up, 
um, it seems to go pretty quickly. And I think part of what I was uh, reading about this chapter before ha- has to do with the fact that this is a big ruse. Remember, they're sending the, – the men that, that meet the Lannisters here are actually meant to distract them. And you know, Tywin in all of his strategic glory – is you know talking about Walder Frey and how now the men have allied with with him. He's allied with the men. Tyrion remarks that his father was wrong because apparently he didn't think Walder Frey would ally himself with them. But while all of this is happening and the battle kind of is is all of a sudden upon them, at least for Tyrion who's just woken up. Maybe everybody else had a little bit more preparation, but it's just executed quite well because there's this quick battle and they really nobody at this point understands exactly. What is what may or may not be happening somewhere else to another member of the Lannister family? Mm-hmm. T- Tywin says to while Tyrion is 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 there, you know, our scouts have spotted the Stark men are coming south to to meet us. You know, they're they're from the north at the Twins, um, and so they don't really have a report of the Starks going north or to west at all to to where Jamie Lannister is, but we know from the previous chapters that Rob sent some men that way. Yeah, no, if I mean, using logic, we know from our own perspective that this isn't quite what it seems to be. And that's kind of fun as a reader to know that we have our alliances in a few different places. Like we want Tyrion to do well. We don't want him to, to perish in this battle, obviously. But at the same, yeah. but at the same time, throughout this whole battle, because you know Gregor is is breaking through shields, he's jumping down, he's slaying, you know, all of these people. Tyrion's actually slaying people, and he almost dies a few times. Uh, yeah. Shaga charges in, you know, he's right behind Gregor. And if like if you're if you're super into these characters, it's kind of like one of those fun moments. Like I, I would I don't, almost want to compare it to something like Battle of Hogwarts, where you finally get to see all these people you liked sort of beside each other, like fighting. So mm-hmm. you like these characters or you dislike these characters, but it's happening. But like for me at the same exact time, I'm thinking, man, I don't like it when guys from the north die. They're nice. Yeah. 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 I know it's so funny that you get to because that's the like beauty of Game of Thrones in general. You get to see the battle from all sides. And here the Starks are the enemy because you're on Team Tyrion. Yeah. And then it's like, but no. <laughs> Ultimately they're just all bad guys except for Rob and Tyrion. Yeah, I mean that's that's one way of looking I, at but it. But I also like I see something like this, and I understand that Rob had to do it because I've played Risk, I played the Lord of the Ring, or the I've played oh, the yeah. Game of Thrones board game before. I You've understand. done it yourself. Well, yeah, you played the Game myself. of Thrones. <laughs> like I understand what it's like when you send your men off and you know that they're going off for slaughter, and you're just doing it as a distraction. Like when I played Pokemon, man, I am not going to lie. Like there's been a few times that I sacrificed a Sneasel so I could get my Murkrow a few more dark energies. You know, Aww. not Sneasel. Yeah, and so. It's kind of sad because essentially what Rob did was gathered a contingent of people that we all knew would die. Like he knew that they would not he win. He did. And but it's part of playing the game, I guess. And it's those hard decisions that move people forward. And obviously It's like in the last chapter with Danny where she sort of just had to stand by and allow all those terrible things to happen because obviously she wasn't in a position to do anything to stop. Like, she couldn't just come in and say, I don't like the Dothraki way of doing things, so you have to stop pillaging and killing and raping and all of that. She could only do these tiny things, and it's kind of the same thing here, you know, where Rob, we might like Rob, but ultimately he has to play the game where he's gonna die. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> if, if he doesn't, then they're all gonna die. You know, Arya will be captured, exactly. Sansa will turn, be turned into a slave. Like, it's those hard truths that, you know, it's, it creates drama and it creates conflict. And guess what, people? That's what a story is. <laughs> and that's why we're reading yeah. it. Yeah. 
so it's fun. I mean, obviously, we're not going to give you an entire play-by-play of the battle because it gets a little, uh, I don't want to say repetitive, but people are fighting with their swords. It's better for television, not our voices. But uh, yeah. as you guys all know, this is different from the series <laughs> because Tyrion's knocked out. And in this one, he's actually fighting. You know, he's dodging morning stars and he ends up killing a few people. But um, the end of the battle is the same outcome. Yeah, I mean, Tyrion gets some good advice at the start of the battle, which is, you know, hide behind a taller person. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he, he's st- he still kind of me- meanders around. And by the end of the battle, um, you know, obviously they, they, they are victorious. He recoups with his with his father. And, you know, they're just like, oh, okay, you know, we handled that. Um, and unfortunately, Shaga, in all of his three triple axed glory, and my axe, and my other axe, and my other axe, <laughs> my other, other axe, <laughs> my other, like other three axe. Gimlis I was one. in my other, other bands, you know, go ahead. My other axe have all died. All the axes have died. And, um, you know, I wonder. Shaga didn't people, die, though. Shaga's not dead? No. 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 Am I the only one who read this? No, I, I know <laughs> that Shaga no. didn't die because he's later I, in the I book. I totally read this. I totally read he this. He didn't die. Tyrion thought he died, but then he got up and like pulled the arrows from his chest, and he was like, "All right, let's go." If only that would have worked with Boromir, and then we'd be in a different story. Called I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, two two facts. Two more, two more things about the battle I wanted to mention. People were shouting, "Eddard! This is for Eddard and honor in the stocks of Winterfell." And that was man. being shouted. <laughs> I like the half man roars. I thought that was cool. <laughs> Okay, okay. Eddard. There is the half man. Eddard, it's like it's like when Aragorn shouts for Elendil. Elendil. It's like, well, well who are they? You know, shout for <laughs> shout for your like shout for yourself. Like shout for the awesome like, dinner you're gonna have after Fro- Frodo. Like, Roasted pork <laughs> Salted pork, eh? Mm. And the other thing is that um from Tyrion's perspective he said that when the troops were were, you know, coming towards them from the hill. It looked there. They had the flags with the sigil, which is obviously the direwolf uh, of Winterfell, and it looked to him like direwolves were marching, like actual direwolves, like hordes of direwolves, like a pack of direwolves was coming to kill them. Um, so yeah, good writing on the part of George R. R. Martin. Um, obviously, not every one of his battles can make it into the series, but uh, just just judging by the, the you know the one that we have seen, Blackwater, um, you know. You can tell he writes really well, and reading this really reinforces that. This was great to read. I know it's just I, I'm just I read George R. R. Martin sometimes, and I think like, what is writing? Like, how can anyone else even try? Where does he get all this stuff? What his brain? I mean, just let's let's freeze it down next to Disney's, you know, in 50 years when we lose him. <sighs> It'll Sorry. be 100 years. I just yeah, I 100 just years. Want, I want his brain. I want his uh like I want a zombie. His, um, I want his suspenders. <laughs> warm bodies. Yeah, you can have his suspenders, I'll take his brain. He's like warm bodies and I'm yeah. like Yeah, no, let's not take that any further. <laughs> <laughs> I get it, I get it. It's getting morbid. Even for Game of Thrones. <laughs> so essentially winding down through all of this, Tywin's talking to Tyrion. We learned that a bunch of Walder's people, uh kind of ironically, after how shitty he was, are captured. And Bruce Bolton got away. And now we know that Rob has crossed with most of his people, and they're heading toward River Run. And we all know, sort of know, what happens next. And we'll we'll get to it in further chapters. But the gears of the game are a turning, folks. The dice is a rolling. Mm-hmm. The ladder has been put up right. 
It's one of those Hercules. <laughs> it's ladders. ready to be climbed. They lock at the legs. It's, they're very safe for home use. Uh. <laughs> um, shall we do owns? Shall we? I have one. I have one. I want to go because mine is the best one, and I don't want you guys to take it. Apparently, Selena's own is the best one, and she shall share this with us yeah, now. It is the best one. It is Tyrion who says, I'd sooner come to grips with that pig. Rob Stark is not half so tender, and he never smelled as good. Oh, <laughs> burn. Well, Tyrion, I think you I love it like when Rob he gets sassy. Time. <laughs> I think you guys could be good friends. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to have to give my own to da, 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 Tywin Lannister because he put all of Tyrion's friends. In a certain part of the battle sequence, the left side, and he knew that they would all die, which he later told Tyrion this, and it pissed him off. So Tywin Tywin wins for welcoming people into his party and into his club, saying all these nice things, knowing that he would have to give them a whole bunch of land in the future in exchange for their swords and spears and axes. But instead, he planned for them to die. So Tywin won up to the hills people. You know, I wonder if anybody actually goes out, maybe if that swordsmith from earlier in the chapter actually goes out and collects all the swords after a battle. Um, yes. Um, gets all his armor back. you ever back. played Skyrim or World of Warcraft? That's what I always do. You go and collect <laughs> swords after battle? Oh yeah, I loot all the bodies and sell that shit for like magical oh, scrolls. Man. Dude, that's, that's a fair trade, I guess. So my own is um, Bronze advice to Tyrion, which I had mentioned earlier. The van was massing on the left. He saw the standard first, three black dogs on a yellow field. Sir Gregor sat beneath it, mounted on the biggest horse Tyrion had ever seen. Bronn took one look at him and grinned. Always follow a big man in a battle. <laughs> Tyrion threw him a hard look. And why is that? They make such splendid targets. <laughs> that one. He'll draw the eyes of every bowman on the field. <laughs> oh, that's that a is, good one. That's so true. I feel like we have to just give an honor or own to Shaga, though, for actually making this out of, out of this chapter alive. Yeah, right? Well done, Shaga. <laughs> Shaga, thanks for No matter how hard Eric tried, you still survived. <laughs> no. <laughs> he was trying to kill you off, but we I got you. I was fairly certain you had died, Shaga. <laughs> son of Dolph. Son of Dorf. Son of... Son of Stephen Dorf. <laughs> son of Balinor. From, from Blade. <laughs> Okay. So listen, this was yet another chapter uh, in our continuing read of the first book of A Song of Ice and Fire. And we have, if I'm correct, roughly 10 chapters left to go, guys, before the end of the first book. So that is exciting. As always, you can comment and you could read along with us. We encourage it. And if you have any comments about the chapters we're reading, the chapters we have read, if they're in a long form, you can email them to us at contact at gameofowns.com. Or if it's short enough and you can tweet, we will read your tweet, often in an accent or in a rushed period of time, uh, here on the show. And you can tweet us at gameofowns on Twitter, twitter.com slash gameofowns. And if it's cute enough, we might retweet it. So think about it. Yes. Aww. Yes. But only the cute ones. Only the cute ones. Only the Stay cute. People. We only retweet the cute ones. Yeah. <laughs> cute or nothing less. Yeah, we're very, very shallow. We are. We're the shallowest podcast on the internet. <laughs> Did you know someone tweeted at us? Their name is Imp Slapper on Twitter. The Imp Slapper. <laughs> Someone's Twitter name is a thing from a show that we made. How crazy is that? Yeah, oh, we yeah, did. You're like right. It's it like, like the first episode. Vintage Game of Owns. You're right. And that's right. someone's Twitter handle. That's freaking insane when you think about it. It's amazing. 
Doesn't everybody these days have like five Twitter handles? Well, the 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 only equal that I can think I of is like one. when people change their names to like Bieber fan or One D fan. But this is at least one person liked our show enough to change their Twitter handle to it. It's pretty badass. Oh, that's pretty cool. So, Selena, what accent would you like this time? Well, I think just to confuse our audience a little further, I think I'll go back to my native Swedish. Yeah, and, you should do a um, Swedish accent for sure. Try my hand at that. From the land of Tweeden. Tweeden! That's perfect! Oh. <laughs> From the land of Sweden, where the shadows lie. God, just read the tweets in however many seconds or less. Okay. The first one comes from Maurika Henville. Ouch, ha. What the hell? Oh, my God. It's a game of own brick. Lol. Thanks, Zach. That hurts. There you go. <laughs> what did you do to uh, our listener, Zach? <laughs> I didn't do a thing. I didn't do anything. Who is that? Sorry. What happened? Who throws a brick? Who does that? I don't know. Who does Listen, that? She might have been referring to my adorable profile picture starring me Who in the quarter Who throws a rock? Or she could have been referring to the fist holding the microphone. Megan says, my new OTP is Zach Eric Zarek. Ooh. I like that one. Ooh, I ship that too. Ooh. <laughs> it's getting hot in here. Let's keep going. Shane Evans. I finally got an iPhone 5, and the first thing I did was download the latest episode of Game of Owns. Nice. Oh, I forgot my accent for that one. But yay, yes, well done. Very cool. Listen, Shane, I, I disagree. I think the first thing you did was into your iCloud information, but it could have been the second, so badass. Aww. <laughs> don't listen to him. Don't listen to Zarek. Just keep listening to me. The prompts don't count. <laughs> All eyes on me, guys. All eyes on me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. Um, Rose says, even though I'm almost done with Clash of Kings, I still listen to every episode. Episode. Oh, also, that's great. Well, we're we're pretty there. much done with all the books, and we still do them, so yeah. you're good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and Angie actually has a question for us. Um, any any advice on getting through the last half of book three? Oh, I'm not going to read oh. the rest of this, but yeah, just keep going. Yeah. It's not it's not really going to get better, but. You know you want to. <laughs> it's like life, Angie. Just, <laughs> I know. It's just not. Uh, it's a bitch yeah. and then maybe you'll die or someone else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lucia Rose is about to shovel some snow and listen to Game of Thrones. Wish me luck. Oh, good luck. Good but luck. Then she tweeted later that same day. Ugh, I'm only halfway. Good thing I'm behind on Game of Owns. And then she didn't tweet again, so we hope that you finished eventually. I hope, you're safe. I hope you didn't get buried under the snow. This is a, your dedicated listener of both edition and the show. I see your tweets. It's so nice of you, but please, if you're dead in the snow, let us know because we'd like to divide your valuables up between the four of us. Maybe she built an igloo. An igloo, you mean? Oh, wait. I mean, are, are you still on your accent? Because then that would make sense. No. Is that not right? No, <laughs> igloo. Isn't it an, an iglo? I don't know. It's igloo? An, it's definitely an igloo. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, mine glows, okay? Oh, I see. <laughs> That's what they do here. <laughs> I installed don't know these what LED kind of... panels. <laughs> what kind of boring igloos igloo you world. have? That's as funny as solar panels on an igloo. What's wrong with that? Oh, shit. I see because that. if the sun's out, it'll melt your igloo. It's like snow day when they slide down. They've got like an N64 and they're eating jelly sandwiches. It looks so fun. Uh, you know, I wanted Chevy Chase to be a, uh, in a better movie than that movie. That movie was terrible. Well, Chevy Chase is going to be on the show next week, guys. Uh, spoiler. We didn't mean to tell you, you know, just so casually, but he'll be appearing as the voice of Micah. So just hold, hold, hold on to your phones. <laughs> and my axe. And my axe, and my other axe, and this axe over here. 
<laughs> the one strapped to my back. Yes. It's a Bax. It's you a don't bax. need any bows or it's a bax. anything else. It's a my Bax. Speaking of Bax, I'm back. We're back. My cat died. <laughs> the axe on his back is a Bax, and Zach is back. Here I am, guys. I'm from a Mortal Kombat movie. I have giant metal arms. <laughs> if you'd like to have our backs, you could please go to iTunes. Pretty please. We're so nice to you guys. And vice versa and let's complete this love triangle by a five-star review on itunes mike is not here to be mean so we're gonna prostrate ourselves in front of you with kindness and say gonna what i don't know it's a good thing we're just gonna to, prostrate ourselves in front to of her. press a five star because if you do that then something happens the codes get written a game shark gets entered onto the system of itunes and for some reason it helps other people find the show and you know darn it we just we just love these triangles. We're gonna keep them going because geometry is one of our favorite things. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we love it. That that could also work as a threat for this week. If you guys aren't careful, we'll just yeah. start doing a math podcast instead. Yeah. <laughs> so if you don't want to talk about theoretical physics, <laughs> I suggest that you help us. So Selena, looks like you made it through this whole series of episodes without uh, extra armor. You didn't even need to pay forty gold for. What would you do with those extra forty gold pieces? What are you buying? I'm building myself an igloo, <laughs> complete <laughs> and with it will lights. Blow. Yeah, and a disco ball. Stay warm, everybody. <laughs> Winter has Just arrived. The is over. Have a swell yeah. weekend. Yes, and we'll see I you agree. next week. We will. You guys are welcome to my igloo anytime. I'm Zach Lee. <laughs> I'm Eric Skull. I'm Selena Wilkins.